If you've been told to pull up your socks, then make sure it's a pair of TNT socks. The TNT shop is now open at tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McClain. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Well, it's time for Hour 2 on State of the Nation with me, Steve Hook, and my my good friend and co-host, Brian Hesher McClain. Well, one hour in the books, Hesh. Uh, that was a good one. I enjoyed that. Always and, enjoy uh, speaking with Dr. Jennifer London. You know, there was a building at one of the colleges that I went to named after her husband. So uh, I was really excited to meet her the first time she came on my show. And it's always a pleasure to speak with her. She's definitely got her eye on the pulse when it comes to, you know, tradition and history, people to look up to, you know, matters of character and morals. So uh, she's always a pleasure to speak with. And of course, Simona, that was an amazing conversation. Yeah, she's uh she's uh Simona's great and 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 Dr. Uh, Dr. London was was wonderful as well. Hey, listen man, it's not like it's going to get worse from here on out. We've got a great second hour on tap for you as well. Uh so uh what else is on your mind uh Hesher? I was going to bring up a sports subject and then I realized I don't think Hesher is a big sports guy. Uh Hey, I'm terrible with sports, but I'm happy to listen and give my uh dumb response <laughs> well it's, it's 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 you know what it is is i was you you may recall at the beginning of the college football se- uh, uh season everybody was going nuts over deon sanders uh prime time deon sanders took over for colorado for their football team as a as their coach they kind of got off to a cinderella start it was a wonderful story and now reality the, the cold hard slap of reality has slapped that that down and now it looks like Deion sanders is bringing in fellow hall of famer warren sap onto the coaching staff at colorado so colorado is going to get warren sap who was just an incredible ball player and i just wanted to see what you had to think about it but then i'm like oh oh i don't know that he's really a big college guy but uh no big deal no big deal <laughs> now, now, hey now go colorado knows. Sounds like good news to me. I mean, most of my friends around here are uh, Longhorns fans, I suppose. So yeah. we'll have to see how well, I'm that a shakes out. I'm a Georgia Bulldog guy myself, so there you All go. All right, there you go. But, uh, well, I did have one thing I wanted to throw your way, uh, you know, because we, we talk a lot about the, uh, and we're going to talk later in the show in detail about the climate crisis, right? Just the whole sky is falling. We've had, what, 47 different... Uh, versions of climate crisis since the early 60s. Uh, None of them have come true. I was just watching some of Al Gore's greatest hits the other day, Steve. I I love that. I love watching Al Gore in 2007 and 2008 talking about all the locations where he bought mansions that should be underwater by now, yet somehow he's still got (laughs) mansions. He's still got homeowner's insurance. I mean, homeowner's insurance is the biggest clue that this, this, uh, you know, rising seas is a scam. Homeowners, homeowners insurance agencies would not be issuing homeowners insurance if they really thought that the waters were going to rise and all this stuff. I mean, look at photos of uh, Plymouth Rock from, I don't know, 1813. And yeah, and then now. 1620. Yeah, it's it's basically the exact same level. But we always wonder when we talk about this, who funds this stuff? Well, uh, just flagged up on a Fox's site here, a fledgling dark money climate group that has been pouring millions of dollars 
uh, last year into disruptive activist protests that blocked highways and destroyed famous artworks in cities across the world. So they're doing international, uh, you know, climate disruption protests, Salolinsky tactics, you know, extreme leftist tactics. And uh, this place is called, I just want to make sure that you're knowing about this place. It's called the Climate Emergency Fund. And it was funded in large part by Hollywood actors, right, who fly around in private jets and uh, armored cars and, you know, all that stuff, go around doing activism, wearing their Gore-Tex clothes made of petroleum products, but we'll set that aside. Um, actors <laughs> and producers founded in 2019 raised $6.1 million in 2022 and uh, $2.3 million in 2021, according to their tax filings. Uh, and we're looking at uh, the CEF sending $5 million to left-wing protesters, a 274% year-over-year increase. So they're sending money, Hollywood idiots sending money to dum-dums in Gore-Tex jackets to glue themselves to roadways, make people have births in cars, make people die in ambulances, uh, and destroy famous works of art, Steve. Isn't that great for the climate? Well, hey, listen, if it saves one poplar tree, I mean, they're so, I mean, they are just so, uh, they, 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 this is, this is the 21st century's uh, Stalin's uh, useful idiots brigade on, uh, on display here. Um, The science never works. You mentioned Al Gore. It is fun to go back and look at his, uh, you want, you want to, you want an inconvenient truth. Go back and watch an inconvenient truth because that kind of, That really kind of dispels the notion of it. And it's just, you know, the planet has a fever and we got to fix it. And uh, you send us a few million and we'll uh, we'll make damn sure to fix it as we fly to Davos and and, and wherever the hell else we need to fly to uh, to get the planet under control. I don't know, man. It's an ice age. It's a heat wave. It's, and, and, you know, you ever notice, Hesher, the way they do this is no matter what happens, they can come out on the other side of it. It's all of a sudden it's like. Well, wait a minute, man. We had a we had a really brutal winter. Uh, very well, that's climate change, you see, and and that's because yeah. of the you know the planet's getting so cold because of the global warming. Don't you get it? Like, no, I don't get that. But they've convinced yeah. enough uh, Gen Zers and uh, uh, Gen uh, whatever. What's the latest Gen? I don't know, but. <laughs> The latest all the way up to aging hippie liberal douche. I mean, we've got people indoctrinated in this amongst all our generations right now. It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, that's why, you know, uh, that's why they had to switch to climate change, right? Because global warming just didn't fly anymore because people, you know, they, they're tracking when they have to put jackets on, <laughs> you know, yeah. common sense sort of stuff like that. And I'll also add my final one on this. Uh, I'll remind you that 13 years ago, Greta told us that the world would be over in 12 years on her Twitter. And that tweet is now deleted. <laughs> Gee, imagine that. Hey, do you have a suggestion for a possible guest or maybe a host that you think you'd like to hear on TNT radio? Well, we sure would love to hear about it. All you got to do is uh, uh, go to, go complete the suggestion form on the TNT radio website. Uh, and who knows, maybe uh, your wish will be our command. Help us make a difference right here on TNT radio. Talk that matters. For once, we just need to do what's best for the same country and not what's best for the world. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, once again, it's time to bring uh, our man Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus, into the party here. 
Americans are cutting back on charitable food donations this holiday season. I think we can figure out why. A new study shows that the top reason for the pullback uh, in generosity on Thanksgiving and ahead of the Christmas is the big I word, inflation. No shocker there. Adam Clark, a.k.a. Ruckus. Hey, Ruckus, uh, what's the story here, brother? Well, apparently, uh, Bidenomics is not just a winning strategy for uh, American uh, families who uh, can already afford to put food on their table, hardly, uh, but it's also affecting their ability to help others who are struggling to put food on their table. I guess we're just all struggling now. Way to go, Bidenomics. This is terrible. Um, so people normally like to give, but they just can't afford to this year. Uh, so according to this study, which was released this week by technology company Divert Inc., which focuses on food waste reduction, high prices in general and of groceries in particular are having a significant impact on the willingness of Americans to donate food during the 2023 holiday season. Even though inflation eased to roughly 3.2% year over year in October from its recent peak of 9% in June 2022, the cumulative increase since President Joe Biden took office, he literally took it, didn't he, has been around 20%. Grocery prices, the quote-unquote food-at-home category in the Consumer Price Index, the CPI, have been on a tear over the past few years, hitting a whopping 13.5% in August 2022. But even though the latest data shows that the pace of grocery cart inflation has fallen to 2.1% as of October 2023, the cumulative impact on U.S. consumers has been significant, and it has made them less likely to give the Divert study shows a sharp drop in the willingness of Americans to make charitable food donations this holiday season compared to the last. In 2022, nearly half of Americans, 46%, said they were more likely to donate to food banks during that year's holiday season. This year, however, just 25% said the same thing, according to the Divert report. And that's despite the fact that demand for food banks this holiday season is expected to surge the report states, quote, those who are donating less to food banks this season cite increasing food and grocery costs as the number one reason driving their decision, end quote. Uh, U.S. Department of Agriculture data on the state of household food, excuse me, food security shows that the hunger problem in America is growing rapidly. In 2022, 17 million households reported being food insecure. That's up significantly from 2021, which had 13.5 million households, and 2020 at 13.8 million households. Those numbers translate to roughly 44 million people living in food insecure households in 2022, a 31% increase compared to 2021. And, of course, with growing food insecurity comes increased demand for food bank use. So uh, it's not going to be very helpful for everybody and everything if people are just generally unable to afford even helping out by donating some food in, in a time that they normally would, gentlemen. So way to go, Biden. Uh, how do we slap a, a Biden? I did that sticker on this one. Yeah, right. No kidding. Everything was better under Trump, including charity. I mean, good gosh. Just uh, and this guy comes as absolutely no shock. I mean, it, it really comes as absolutely no shock. We were talking about yesterday about turkey prices being through the roof in L.A. And 
The funny thing is, some of those uh, liberals out there love to brag about the fact, I got this turkey for 200 bucks. Uh, okay, that's really, that's something to brag about. What do you think, Hesher? I just, uh, I just kind of shake my head and say, yeah, well, there you go. Well, uh, I think we just did put the, I did this sticker on it for Joe Biden here at Ruckus. Um, great reporting, but sad to hear it. Uh, we just heard during one of the breaks earlier in the show, uh, reporting from TNT representatives about demand for food banks surging this season, as pointed out in this article also. And uh, 44 million people living in food insecure households. That's a new term to me, but it uh, makes perfect sense. That's a pretty sad number of people. Uh, I wonder how much the 100 billion that went to Ukraine would work towards helping 44 million people here in the United States. I guess uh, we'll need one of our math experts out there to do some uh, number crunching <laughs> for us on that one. But yeah, uh, this is um, not good. And the cumulative uh, costs being up over the years really does point to what Steve said about the Trump era. Yeah, really does. I mean, it's just so... Uh... It's so telling, you know, I, 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 I remember when Biden decided that he was going to embrace the term Bidenomics. Oh, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll pull a fast one on them. We'll pull this. We'll pull the rug right out from under their feet. They think it's a bad thing. Ha, we're going to make it a good thing. How's that working for him? Not very well, I would I would imagine. Anything else? Yeah. Ha- I mean, uh, Ruckus, anything else you want to add to this? Well, uh, you sure? Because this, this, this study yeah, this this study did point out some interesting uh, things as well, because um, clearly high inflation is not just sapping Americans propensity to donate to food banks. It's interestingly having a significant impact on other consumer behaviors, how people shop for food and what they're buying. Um, I, I didn't realize this is pretty stark. Uh, nearly 72 percent of Americans changed their grocery shopping habits in 2023 due to high inflation. Uh, per the study, and that includes 76% of households shopping for discounted food and 17% saying they're eating more food that's past its prime. So people are kind of this. This is having a serious effect on society as a whole. Uh, so, yeah, we like to make fun of Bidenomics, but it's no laughing matter. This is serious stuff. Yeah, you're not kidding. That's just it's it's so it's so damn frustrating. Anyway, Ruckus, as always, brother, thank you so much. Have a wonderful weekend, my friend, and thanks for uh, thanks for a couple of great stories this show. Appreciate it. Thank you, you too, guys. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, did it affect your shopping, uh, Hasher? Did you did you find that you uh, changed the way you? Uh, well, you said that you guys didn't do a really big one, did you? You didn't do a huge Thanksgiving, huh? Yeah, yeah, we, we we worked around it, but even the modest Thanksgiving that we set up was, you know, way more than it cost last year, and yeah. you know, just up, up, and up. You know, I, I we did we did, and it wasn't so much because it was just too costly. I mean, if you know, you always want to put together something decent for Thanksgiving, but I just some people like, oh, I get so full on Thanksgiving, I just can't eat that much, man. So what we do is we basically just turn it into a noshing thing. For one, I've got my oldest daughter and my wife are both vegetarian, so there goes any spiral sliced ham or or turkey. So we'll just get a little turkey for my other daughter and myself, and then we'll do some grilled shrimp. We'll do some stuff like that and just kind of mix it up, and then we just kind of put it out in phases, like, okay, here's some baked brie, and and believe it or not, it, it, it fills everybody up, and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg either, and then you're not like, 
searching the fridge for just how where are we going to put the where are we going to put these damn drumsticks you know anyway that's it's sad yeah. though no it really is sad to see the cost go up so much one one you know paper sack or plastic sack if you're allowed to use one of groceries being you know 75 80 90 dollars in some cases yep. i mean depending on what you buy throw an air filter in there boom 110 dollars yeah rather crazy isn't it rather crazy isn't it well, you're listening to State of the Nation on TNT Radio. And, Hesher, we're getting the band back together on the other side of it. Let's take a quick breather. We come back with our man, Timothy Shea, on State of the Nation on TNT Radio right after this. You should hear what George Eliason is talking about. Donald Trump's wolves. Now, we've talked about the Colorado case, the 14th Amendment case, and the judge has denied uh, the motion to dismiss. Now, if you don't remember, the suit cites the 14th Amendment clause banning those who participate or assist in the insurrection from taking office. And they're making this legal argument based on Trump's actions before and on January 6th. And when they claim that thousands of his supporters were creating an act of sedition at the Capitol. During January 6th, um, Trump actually offered to call the National Guard in. He told the protesters to keep things peaceful. And this is all public knowledge. This isn't a political action. They're trying to control once again who can run for the office of president and who cannot. War of the Worlds with George Eliason on today's News Talk. TNT Radio. I wanted to alleviate my pain. I also didn't want to be who I was. I always just felt like there was just something wrong with me, and I was trying to figure it out, and I used the internet to help me do that. Seemingly out of nowhere, we've suddenly seen a huge spike in media depictions and social media depictions of transgenderism. It's even reached the mainstream advertising world. The people who are consuming this are children, 13, 14, 15 years old. And it's so easy for them to literally be groomed. I just woke up one day, looked at myself in the mirror, and asked myself, what the heck am I doing? When trans-identified kids are referred to specialized gender clinics, they're often told that they're going to get comprehensive, multidisciplinary mental health assessments. We know that that's not true. I was easy to manipulate. The ideology that has become dominant at these clinics is that trans kids know who they are, and therefore to question them is completely taboo. My childhood was ruined. Who's there for their detransitioning? Nobody. Nobody would help me because they had more concerns of me reversing everything. Did this thing to alleviate this gender dysphoria that wasn't there before, but you made it into a problem, and now your body image issues are worse. That's not supposed to happen. What do we do now? D-Trans, the dangers of gender-affirming care. For more information, go to PragerU.com. It sounds pretty good. It's it like, sounds real, it's dude. not bad, huh? This is today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, welcome back to State of the Nation uh, with myself, Steve Hook, and Brian hesher McLean. And now we welcome back to the band. We got the band back together uh, Timothy Shade joins us, and we always uh, love to see Timothy. Timothy, you did not get the memo that it is uh, it is TNT Baseball Cap Day. Uh, we'll let that slide. Your hair, you've got a beautifully coiffed uh, uh, silver fox look going for you there, brother. 
What's on your mind, man? Did you have a happy Thanksgiving? Yeah, Thanksgiving was great. Thanks for asking. You know, the show, name of the show is State of the Nation, and the State of the Nation, Steve, is parlous. Hesher knows this. With the double standard, they're punking us now. They're absolutely punking us. Eric Holder gets held in contempt of Congress for ignoring a congressional subpoena. Nothing happens to him. Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon do the same with the bogus January 6th committee. They get criminally prosecuted. And now the Biden boys, Hunter and James, the resident's brother, are looking to get their subpoenas quashed because the White House is saying this is just harassment of the president. And this committee doesn't have any constitutional legitimacy. And, you know, the double standard is sickening. Yeah. And don't forget, let's not forget. I mean, you mentioned uh, Eric Holder. That's true enough. But how about the 32,000 emails that Hillary was supposed to turn over? Well, all there of is that, that hardware as well. and stuff, yeah. Yeah, all of that stuff was under congressional subpoena. And she was sitting there handing out sledgehammers and metal grinders and saying, get to work on these blackberries. And you, you there with the face, uh, you uh, shred the uh, the motherboard of this. I mean, it's just the double standard. And then she had the audacity to say to the Congress, wiped how with a cloth? Yeah. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. And, and Timothy, all this in the wake of new J6 videos coming out, as I've heard right? you talk about on your show. I mean, we see... Capitol Police taking handcuffs off of an alleged protester, handing him a fist bump out, you know, we got all kind of stuff like this. We got video of Capitol Police inciting parts of the violence, shooting their uh, tear gas balls into into the crowd that was not doing anything violent. A lot of stuff came out that does not match the narrative on this one. So to see the dual system of justice circling the way you just outlined while that's being released is pretty staggering. It is staggering. In fact, I have got a good friend who was one of those tear gas. They were literally doing nothing but uh, standing there singing the national anthem and God bless America. And they get tear gassed. Luckily, we have audio with the video. There's the woman inside the Capitol that got right in the face of a an alleged protester that was really a Capitol Hill police officer undercover. And we know this because we've seen the guys in MAGA caps, the black block in MAGA cap, and he was showing his badge to the security guard at one point. Uh, yeah. And this woman said, why did you push us into the Capitol? We didn't want to come into the Capitol. Why did you push us into the Capitol? So we've got audio. Look, the January 6th committee knew this. Kinziger and Cheney are absolute mm. garbage human beings. They need to be ashamed of themselves. But like the left, the rest of the left, because they're on the left, make no mistake, they have no shame. These people literally have no shame. So you can't shame people that have no sense of shame. So the only thing fact. that needs to, the only way to deal with them, honestly, is to incarcerate them. Uh, you know, I, I tell you what, and, and that's so funny that you would. And I think you're right about that. First of all, Timothy. But what is so funny is now what, what are we hearing from the left? If Trump gets back into power, you know what he's going to do. He's going to weaponize the government. It's like, right. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Slow down. Say that again. Uh, and look yourself in the mirror as you say that, you lying hypocrite. If they didn't have double standards, they'd have no standards at all, obviously. Ex exactly. Pot, meat, kettle. Yeah. It's, it really is sad. <laughs> I wonder. I, I wonder if Trump does get back into office. This deep state is so deep. The roots are so deep and they've been there for a long time. I wonder if if there's I mean, I don't think four years is anywhere near long enough 
uh, to get all of this crap uh, out of D.C. And I don't know that we ever will. But are you hopeful at all, Timothy? Well, as to don't know whether we ever will, we won't because it's human nature, right? And as long as we have humans running our government, it's human nature. I mean, this is what this is all biblical, guys. Okay, the Jews said we want a king, and the Lord said, oh, "You got one. I'm your king." And I know, I know, I know, I know. But we want a king like the other nations. Oh, you want a king, do you? Says the Lord, and so He gives him King David, who turned out pretty good. And then King Solomon. And then all of a sudden, a few kings on, things weren't going so well. And yeah. the, the point is that we we can't commit the Judas sin, right? What was Judas's main sin? Why did he betray Jesus? Because he was looking to Jesus to lead a political revolution and kick Rome out of Israel. Well, that's not the revolution Jesus was here for. And so Judas betrayed him. And so we got we have to not commit the same sin that Judas did, which is looking to a political solution. At the same time, we have to be engaged, right? We can't place our faith in government. We can't place our hope in government. But we do need to hold government accountable. And that's why being engaged politically is so important. Not because they're going to save us, not because they're going to make the world a perfect place, but because they're going to do our bidding as opposed to us doing their bidding. There you go. Well representation. Said. Yeah. Representation in support of our American dream. That's it's really that simple. It is that simple. Timothy, Timothy, hold the line. We'll talk. We'll pick up on that right after this headline here at today's news talk TNT radio. TNT radio news. Bring the news. For TNT Radio News, this is James O'Neill. They've set a time for the ceasefire in Gaza. It will start tomorrow morning at 7 a.m. local time. And then nine hours after the fight in between Israel and Hamas gets paused, the first batch of hostages will be set free. Residents in Perth's northern suburbs have been forced to flee an out-of-control bushfire believed to have destroyed at least two homes amid scorching heatwave conditions. Federal Minister Bill Shorten's office has been vandalized with red paint and graffiti. Reading, dial down the apartheid bill. We're the pinup boys and poster girls for free speech. We just don't look as impressive as Vladimir Putin shirtless on a horse. Yeah. 24 7, 365. We never stop sifting fact from fiction, misinformation from the truth. From government overreach to the latest on mandates, big tech censorship to propaganda gone mad. Listen to TNT Radio and get the news and views direct from our expert presenters and commentators. And Anywhere you go, ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. This is State of the Nation on TNT Radio. I'm Brian McLean. Steve Hook is here with me and our colleague Timothy Shea from The Reckoning with Timothy Shea, which can be found right here on today's news talk, is joining us as well. Now, Timothy, getting back to uh, Peter Navarro and Steve Bannon, um, Steve Bannon, boy, these guys have already been through so much. They've been in a, a lot of hot water as it is just running in the circles that they have. Um, what do we what do you expect is going to happen here? Like how uh, are, are they going to try to put them back in prison? I mean, what's going to happen, you think? Well, I, I don't know, but I do know that as soon as President Trump takes power, a whole lot of people are going to get pardoned. Okay. You said there's four years going to be enough, and I think it is because he went in the first time with goodwill. You know, the media came out and That's said that gone. his 
Yeah, they, they said that his inaugural address was dark and apocalyptic. It was actually quite hopeful and reaching out to the other side. And it was it was hands across the water, baby. And no more. Uh-uh. No more Mr. Nice Guy. He's going to go in like a wrecking ball. And I, I saw some of the other day say drain the swamp is no longer the proper reference because that implies that it's just a, a shallow problem. It's not. It's very deep. So, you know, what we need is scorched earth. And I think the president will do that uh, beginning January 20th, 2025. Ah, boy, from your lips to God's ears, I'd love to see that. I really would love to see that. What else is in the news that uh, that we need to that we need to be informed of, uh, Timothy? You were mentioning something about pizza. What's that? all? Yeah. You know, we say that we're not conspiracy theorists. We're pattern recognition experts. We see around corners once again, that wacky right wing tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. Pizzagate, probably true. There was a Texas A&M employee, Clint Harnden, was arrested with all sorts of uh, child abuse digital material, I think they're calling it there. Um, I had Lynn Shaw on the other night, and she corrected me when I called it kitty porn. And the correct term now is child abuse sexual or child sexual abuse material csam csam child sexual abuse material he had it all over his phones his computers everything else this guy's a real sicko and he continually used the word pizza and cheese pizza at one point he asked if anybody was giving out free pizza he said that pizza is his favorite food so look we've known for years that pizza and pepperoni pizza and cheese pizza, all the different, you know, cute little lingo they use to to cover up their sick depravity uh, is real. And the media said it wasn't real, which is how we knew it was, first of all, because, you know, anytime the media and the left call something a conspiracy theory, you pretty much know it's true. Well, now with this arrest of the Texas A&M employee caught dead to rights with just emails full of cheese pizza, uh, one wonders yeah. what uh, Podesta is thinking tonight. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, good question. You know, I also noticed uh, there was a um, reading headline out of Gateway Pundit here. Senior Pentagon official overseeing elementary schools division arrested in human trafficking sting. Uh, that's pretty interesting right there. Um, let's see. That was uh, Stephen Francis. Havanic, I don't know if I pronounced that right, but uh, uh, official with the Department of Defense Education Advocacy Americas Division, which oversees elementary education uh, for military families. So that's disturbing. And then we also had, uh, if you recall, um, uh, ex-Maryland Democrat mayor sentenced to 30 years in prison from a 150-year plea deal for child porn case involving over 500 victims i'm looking at a picture of of that guy here uh patrick wohan wojohan uh with his arm around none other than pete booty gig 
That's right. And wow. Buddha Judge, I call him Booty Plug, was on his bicycle backpedaling as fast as he could the other day. So, oh, you know, it was just he had an aide say, oh, it was just one picture in an event. He didn't know who he was. Well, no, there's multiple pictures with them. Uh, Lohan referred to Booty Plug as his mentor. And the connection there is very deep. Look, these are sick, sick people. And unfortunately, there's no such thing as curing uh, child sexual paraphilia, sexual attraction to children. Being a pedophile is for life. It's hardwired into you. It's who you are. It's who you've allowed yourself to become. And it's literally, uh, once you cross that line, there's no coming back. There's no cure for it other than perhaps chemical castration and isolation. And, and that's and I've got, that's I've got one. I've got one. Throw them in general pop and let everybody know what they did. Uh, that'll right. cure them real quick. Uh, yeah, that'll cure them about life expectancy there, I think, is 16 minutes, 14 seconds. <laughs> yeah. Or shorter. Yeah, your, your times may vary. Yeah, it's would, true. It's sickening. I could just also have to throw in there. It, it also makes people uh, extremely this, you know, all la Epstein, all of this new brothel that's been taken down. This makes people extremely vulnerable to blackmail, yes. bribery all types of other things like that to, so to see this happening with government officials regularly uh really you know begs a lot of questions and speaking of epstein and speaking of double standards how was epstein's pimp indicted now she's in prison for sex trafficking underage girls apparently to no one she trafficked them to no one uh, we can't see who's on epstein's client list how come the Johns are being covered up here. That's got to end. Yeah. Well, we were talking about this the other day when that that brothel ring was busted a week or so ago, and we're like going, "I wonder which list we're going to see first the uh, the brothel uh, uh, the, the the brothel customers or the uh, the visitors to uh, Pedophile Island or Lolita on the uh, Lolita Express." Uh, I suspect we'll see uh, we'll see none of those people. And we'll like it. Uh, that's what they're going to do. They're, they're just not exactly. Gonna, I know. do want to give a shout out, though, to Mary Flynn O'Neill, General Flynn's sister, to Lara Logan, and especially to Liz Crokin. Those three warrior women were on my show on June 19th. People can go back into the archives and listen. But they have been pushing this issue and pushing it hard. Liz Crokin, especially, she's been deplatformed. She's been ridiculed. She's been mocked. And she's been proven right. Yeah, yeah, it, it really is. It really is scary because it's not just the actual perpetrators of this, but it's all the people that have something to gain by knowing those people that are involved. So it's, right. it, it's like it's it's what a tangled web it is. Um, and in a way, this is biblical, too, isn't it, Timothy? I mean, it's just the the. Uh, the debasement of, uh, of of any kind of morality, and then the shrugging of the shoulders, the rolling of the eyes, and the, oh, go tighten your tinfoil hat, you right-wing nut. It's just, well, it's uh, even worse than that, Steve. I'm a Roman Catholic, and our church has been completely infiltrated. Pope Francis is not a holy man. He is not leading the church toward Jesus Christ. He's leading him away. We're now allowing transgenders to be baptized and to be godparents and it, it, it's a mess in the catholic church but you know what i read ahead and god wins i'm just trying to take him <laughs> at his word when he says that he doesn't like certain things i'm trying to distance myself from those things and uh 
try to be one of the chosen. Many are called, few are chosen. I want to be one of the chosen. So uh, that's really my main mission. Yeah. All I, right. I tell you, Francis, he is, he is something. Go ahead, Ash. I'm sorry. No, I was just, I figured that was a great place for me to make sure again that people watch and listen to The Reckoning right here on today's News Talk. Timothy's show. Timothy, your show looks amazing by the way i've been watching everybody's shows and tnt is doing such a good job and so are you uh i really enjoyed your holiday show yesterday thanks for taking the time <laughs> to uh do that show you know uh, we really appreciated that and just congratulations on uh, on the look and everything it's just fantastic well thank you i've got nothing to do with how good it looks that's all the guys in the control room they make us all look like superstars don't they Yes, they, they do. But do. You, I must say, your wardrobe helped yesterday. It was you, you had a wonderful look going there. You like the cravat, you like the the cravat, cravat there, was yes. aces. <laughs> yeah, the cravat. <laughs> it's a Thanksgiving cravat. <laughs> <laughs> well, stay tuned, lads. Christmas is coming. Oh, yes. <laughs> and the goose is getting fat, and we can't wait to pay $90 for it. Right, boys? <laughs> oh, 90. You, you can find them for 90. Let me know where. <laughs> Central Texas, my friend. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. All right, Timothy Shea uh, on The Reckoning. Be sure and check it out. Thanks for joining us today, Timothy. This has been a fun conversation. We'll do it again real soon. Best of luck with The Reckoning. This is State of the Nation on today's News Talk TNT Radio. De-weaponizing weather with reality and perspective. It's Thanksgiving here in the States, and thank God we still actually exist Back in 1972, Morris Strong, a UNEF founding father, said that they only had 10 years to save the world from catastrophe. And now let's see, who came after that? Mustafa Talba, 1982. We have only 18 years to save the world from catastrophe. And then let's see who we have. The same organization. I think this is Ned Brown. 1989. We only have 10 years to save the world from a catastrophe. Now, all these people keep saying the same thing, and yet the world keeps spinning around and around. And even though there's some times when you think maybe there's a setback, overall, we continue to advance. But you want to know something? Bill Gates, Al Gore, John Kerry, these guys are hypocritical climate warriors and they're living large. Al Gore blazed the trail for the climate gravy train. And with the $12 trillion for climate subsidies already in the Inflation Reduction Act, is now a gravy bullet train. Given that emissions are not being reduced and the weather is not gonna be improved, and none of these guys can actually tell you what it's going to do. But they keep getting listened to, hopefully not by people at TNT. Actually, you can listen to them and then try to make a judgment. This is TNT climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to be grateful and to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. As a combat wounded veteran, I know how hard it is to come home and build a meaningful life. When I was in Iraq, our vehicle was hit. A rocket propelled grenade exploded right under my seat. Traumatic brain injury, a fractured pelvis, severe burns. They didn't think I was going to make it. I had to learn to walk again and live with the scars, both visible and invisible. DAV helps veterans like LaToya get the benefits they've earned. They help more than a million veterans every year in life-changing ways. With DAV on my side, 
I was able to pursue my dreams. If my story can touch a heart, it can change a life. My victory is overcoming my wounds so I can help other veterans. LaToya Lucas, may your victories inspire many more. Support more victories for veterans. Go to DAV.org. The conversation continues with Brian McLean and Steve Hook at State of the Nation on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. All right, let's get right to it. We'll round this week out with a chat about climate madness. We see too much climate madness earlier in the program. Uh, Steve and I outlined this outlined this climate emergency fund, the CEF out of Los Angeles, which is uh, dumping millions of dollars into Sal Alinsky style activist groups out there that like to glue their butt cheeks to the street. I don't even know what they're doing out there. All kind of crazy reports, throwing tomato paste at fine works of art, uh, saying just stop oil as they wear a bunch of uh, petroleum products on their body. Joining us to discuss the larger push here, what is behind all this? What drives these CEF style groups to spend millions of dollars on this stuff? is the host of Stop the Presses on Republic Broadcast Network, founder of thetruthhound.com. You can also find him on The Boiler Room with myself um, pretty much weekly on Thursday nights and also on UK Column. Mark Anderson, welcome to State of the Nation. Uh, what can you tell us about the climate madness we are seeing? What drives these Hollywood stars to drink their own Kool-Aid and fly around in their private jets and tell us we can't drive our cars? Well, that first question is, of course, the one word that says it all, hypocrisy. Um, what I've been looking at primarily, Hash, is lately, and you've probably seen it, and your 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 co-host has too, in the last six to eight weeks, especially maybe even 10 to 12 weeks, there has been a nonstop barrage of climate headlines, The Guardian, The Washington Post, CBS, NBC, and it is all like with the COVIDocracy, like the COVID era. It is one narrative and one narrative only. I did an article recently where a couple of climate scientists, I don't have their names at my fingertips, uh, said that whatever their views were, they knew that to get their bread buttered, to get any grants, to have any standing in the scientific community, they had to kiss the ring genuflect before the man-made climate change narrative, or they don't have a job, they don't have grants, they don't have anything. So science, if science is the open sharing of ideas and free inquiry and open debate, where all views are given a fair airing, then what we have now is not science at all. It's simply secular dogma uh, maybe yesteryear it was some religion that was dogmatic, but now this is the new religion, a uh, secular humanist kind of dogma where there's one point of view. You don't question the dogma. If you do, you can't practice a, as a scientist. And of course, the larger picture is if you're a citizen or a alternative journalist arguing the points, they, they want you voted off the island immediately. Uh, I could cite tons of headlines, but it's just been an avalanche of articles that believe the so-called scientific consensus, and that consensus is all there is to talk about. And Climate Forward is actually a formal program of the New York Times, a platform or initiative by which the New York Times is simply pumping that consensus 
They call it climate forward. And they even use the words boiling planet. Good God. Boiling uh, planet. I mean, that's crazy. Uh, Mark, hi, Steve Hook here. Thank you for joining us. Um, sure. I remember um, Chuck Todd infamously said a couple of years ago, uh, that the debate is over and he goes, I won't even entertain someone that doubts climate change on meet the press or whatever show it was. I think it was meet the press. He was a host of back in the day. He's no longer there. He's still pushing it. Uh, what you're describing here is uh, uh, the, the best science that money can buy. And I've often made the point uh, on this program and, and, and in previous uh, incarnations of my radio career, uh, I've said, you know, if you want an $85 million Arctic research vessel, um, there's a good chance you're going to be going to the government. And the government says, uh, you want that vessel? You want your uh, climate ship? Uh, here's what you're going to give us back for it. And uh, and then tell us you know, what kind of drapery and carpeting you want on the ship. Because that's what's happening here. It's obvious. Uh, it, it's uh, And we were joking before you came on that uh, a real inconvenient truth for the left is to go watch the film An Inconvenient Truth because everything that Gore warns about, and I do mean everything, has not happened. It's it, it it's pretty stunning, huh? Oh, it really is. Uh, I, just to give an illustration of what I'm talking about, now I'm opening up um, a keynote program. You can still see me all the same, right? Yep. Yeah. yeah. I'll just go th real quick through some headlines um, coal use needs to be slashed seven times faster to meet emissions target analysis finds. There's one moving really quickly. Uh, there's the state of climate action 2023. It's a special report being reported by the World Resources Institute uh, calling for the same narrative, et cetera, et cetera. The COP28 is being hosted by United, United Arab Emirates. And yet the Guardian points out breathlessly that the UAE, while hosting COP28 very imminently, uh, if that's not already starting, is the world's biggest climate busting nation. They have the biggest climate busting oil plans. So we see words like climate failure, climate decline, climate busting, as if the entire climate is going to shatter into glass and fall at our feet. And yet at the same time, we read that if it's strategic, if it's to help Ukraine, it's perfectly fine to send megatons of North American liquefied natural gas to help wean um, European nations off of Russian natural gas and to help Ukraine. So suddenly, all of a sudden, uh, so-called fossil fuels, which they maybe aren't, are just fine, and so on and so forth. Uh, we have Bill Gates. He's made waves with his statement on climate change. Here's why he's right, Fortune Magazine tells us, and what most people missed. And then Bill Gates is telling Fortune Magazine, growing trees isn't enough, even though, yes, they're a carbon sink and they drink in carbon, carbon dioxide, but growing trees just isn't enough. Why? Because I'm Bill Gates, okay? Um, uh, he won a Nobel Prize talking about a, a scientist last name Clauser, I think, John Clauser, C-L-A-U-S-E-R, I believe it is. He won the Nobel Prize, the Washington Post reports, but then he started denying climate change. And he, speak, he spoke at a conference, not unlike a conference that you, us three would attend, and Clauser is you know no longer a, a person he's no longer a real scientist in the media's eye because he had the slightest doubts about man-made climate change or climate change at all 
and uh, other ones, The Guardian, the, the past years were the hottest on record, they claim, yet we're on track to burn more fossil fuels, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And um, there's another view, of course, the Answers in Genesis website, which is a Christian one, sounding the alarm on the climate alarmists, and they come at it from a younger Earth perspective, um, which is interesting. Some people consider it controversial, but we don't ever get that perspective in the news. We only get the ancient Earth perspective, which allows for the time uh, enough time to pass for there to be this narrative that crude oil is literally a fossil fuel. And that is a disputable item. A lot of people don't realize that. They're not necessarily fossil fuels at all. And that changes the whole narrative. But this is just a, a basic quick snapshot of what's been coming down like an avalanche. Yeah, I've noticed it, Mark. The The headlines have been fast and furious uh, for years now. But like many things, it does seem to be ramping up right now. And you called out, you know, COP28, uh, the, this whole climate action 2023 by the WRI, you know, and I'm glad you, you brought up the, the fossil fuel um, debate because there's uh, ample compelling evidence to show that it's an abiotic process that's happening uh, in the earth. Um, and, and that destroys the myth of scarcity and that changes everything. You know, if there was a global realization about scarcity in that regard, that could you know, eventually change the way we do things. Um, and you mentioned the, uh, also, I like that you brought up, you know, we can send all the fuel we want to other places. We can bomb pipelines, many people would say, uh, and and then take over those markets uh, in the name of war and defending democracy, et cetera. Um, and who uses the most fossil fuel? Well, it's government and and the DOD. That's, that's the biggest perpetrator of uh our you know if you want to go with the carbon footprint sort of lens which you know we think is folly uh but even if you do uh you look at the vast amount um of of so-called fossil fuel being used by the top one percent uh globally and militaries and governments and industries uh in these orders you know it's it's never me and you in our SUVs and, and Trans Ams and Dodge pickups, is it? Uh, right. You know, you get the feeling, the distinct feeling that they're going to try and force us out of our gas powered cars and force us into an electric car future. Yes, electric cars can have their place in society, in gated communities, in certain applications. Maybe Uber and Lyft can use them to a point within there's certain driving circles, you know, it's not that electric cars are per se bad. It's that we're being forced. It's the context. And um, they're very expensive. There's lots of problems with super hot, dangerous and deadly battery fires when they're in accidents. And um, there's a lot of problems to solve. The lithium mining is a, a very, very uh, environmentally damaging thing. Uh, among other uh, minerals that go into making the batteries for these uh, electric cars. There's a lot of problems to solve there, and they're just trying to shove it down our throats. Um, and it's it's very undemocratic and, and very totalitarian, ultimately. Yeah, you know, I, Mark, and I, I live in New Jersey, and New Jersey, uh, our idiot horse-toothed jackass of a governor, Phil Murphy, uh, is implementing a new law that all vehicles sold in New Jersey must be electric uh, by the year 2035. Now, needless to say, that's not going over well here in Jersey. But 
to your point, they don't much give a damn. They're going to force this. Now we've got President Biden invoking a Cold War era law going all the way back to 1950. Uh, to, uh, to, it War Powers Act is what it really is. And he's trying to, in, uh, to pump up green energy and kill gas stoves using the 1950 Defense Production Act. I mean, here's this 74-year-old law that he's digging up. Uh, to try and crush gas stoves, which coincidentally enough, and we were laughing about this earlier, uh, Kamala Harris on her ex account yesterday or Twitter or whatever, uh, she posted a picture of her and her husband wishing everyone a peaceful and happy Thanksgiving as they're leaning against a beautiful brand new gas top range. So, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, it's just, it's just so absurd on its face. Yeah, you wonder how, if they really believe this stuff, uh, it really might be more like where this will take us politically, economically, et cetera. Do they really believe that man-made climate change is happening? Or is this a con job to get us somewhere else politically in terms of controls, in terms of mega profits for the billion trillionaire, quadrillionaire, quintillionaire class? Um, You got to wonder if they really believe it. You know, when you talk about what you just saw with Kamala Harris, when we look at the liquefied natural gas being just fine for strategic purposes and military purposes, quasi-military, you get the feeling that it's just to put the middle and lower classes down and the the elite will keep using what they want. And it's mostly just another form of control. And uh, I'd like to be wrong about that, but I doubt it. Yeah, yeah, I doubt it too. There's just too many, there's, there's too much censorship involved. I mean, you brought up Dr. Uh, John Klaus, or I mean, this is an eminent scientist in this realm. I believe he has a, uh, a Nobel or something like that. Someone could yes. fact check me if I'm wrong, yeah. but yeah, he does. I mean, we just talked with uh, Mark Murano, uh, one of our colleagues over here at TNT radio, also from climate depot. And he was at that event um, where where Dr. Klauser spoke, you know, and there's no coverage. If it wasn't for us and other independent outlets, you know, no one's touching this. I mean, this is huge. Klauser is like a retired guy. He has no dog in the fight. And he's saying, no, this is hysteria. And I do not agree with it. Man-made climate change, the model for this is flawed and we're being duped and there's just so much power and money behind it it's not an oopsie it can't be an oopsie just like you know the covid propaganda just like the george floyd years propaganda just like so much of the stuff we see on ukraine and other various conflicts throughout the years i mean it's thick with it mark we got about a minute left mark take us home well um we really need to be on our toes in the alternative media, TNT, UK column, et cetera, to provide that counter narrative. We're doing it right now. We got to step up the promotion and reach and impact of what we do. It's a narrative thing. It boils down to the narrative. That narrative is the gold of the 21st century. Who owns the narrative directs what's going on. And uh, we need to do it in the cause of freedom and uh, counter this stuff. And that's the best thing I can say with the short amount of time we have. It's a barrage. We need to push back and push back hard. I think the American people are ready to hear another narrative and we got to provide it. 
That's right. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Mark. TheTruthHound.com is where you find Mark. Also, UK column, Boiler Room, and uh, right here on today's News Talk. Steve, great show. Uh, thanks for everything this week. Big shout out to our TNT team. Thank you, Mark Anderson. Uh, thank you, everyone at TNT. Stay tuned for Misty Winston. This has been State of the Nation on TNT Radio.